El Paso River Oaks Property Schoolyard Sports Studio. Here's Steve Kaplowitz and Adrian Broadus. Good to have you back with us here on a Wednesday edition of the show. He's Adrian Broadus. I'm Steve Kaplowitz coming your way, 600 ESPN El Paso. Who excited about today's program? Should be a lot of fun. In fact, we've got Jay Jaffe coming up in our 4 o'clock hour. And then we have Lane Frank and special guest picker Bernie Olivas in our 5 o'clock hour picking NFL games. Boy, I hope Lane can rebound from last week. Cinta de Oro just took, it was almost like a wrestling match where Cinta went off the top rope and just landed about four or five big elbows and finished off a one, two, three count and pinned Lane because Cinta was on fire last week picking games. Man, he he uh, didn't go easy on him, Steve. No. And the thing is, is after uh, Cinta made a lot of those picks, I thought to myself, man, he went with some upsets. But the upsets came through, and at least the ones that he said. So uh, good stuff there by Cinta de Oro. I'm trying to see. He, Cinta was 6-1. and one. Let me see here. 6-2, and 7-2, and 8-2, and 9-2, and 10-2, and 11-2. He was 11-3. and three. Good stuff, man. He knows his football. He's trying to downplay it, say, oh, I don't follow it as much. Man. This, guy, this man knows his football. Cinta needs to go to Vegas and open up his own, uh, you know, he needs, to, he needs to talk to Lee Sterling about getting into ParamountSports.com and helping him out. That's right. Yeah. Lee needs some help, too, Steve. So I think that's a great idea. Maybe he could help him with, with his weekly picks. Maybe so. I feel like Lane went 8-6 and six and Cinta went 11-3. I got to double check that, but... Bernie Olivas will be picking games with uh, Lane today, so that'll be coming up. And by the way, Bernie was with us yesterday, but Bernie's never picked with Lane. It's like a role reversal. Lane even said to me, he goes, is Bernie coming to pick college games against me? And I'm like, oh, no, no, it'll be NFL. It'll be NFL. And by the way, uh, yeah, I think I think Cinta de Oro is now, like, he's had the best week ever against Lane Frank. I don't think anybody has ever outpicked Lane like Cinta did last week. And I mean, listen to these picks, Adrian. Chiefs over the Dolphins, and, and Lane had the fish. Packers over the Rams. Uh, Lane had the Rams. Cinta had the, the pack. Um, he had the Raiders over the Giants. That was money. Eagles over the Cowboys. That was money. Texans over the Bucks. That was money. A lot of big picks in this one. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's interesting because uh, with with uh, our weekly picks, uh, Lane's often asked us, how am I doing? How, how am I doing on the whole season? Well, he was on a good streak. I don't know what his season total is, Steve, but he was on a nice little streak here beating uh, guests left and right. Yes. And this is final. This is one of the first weeks in a while. I can't be specific as to when he, uh, you know, actually lost a week. But, uh, you know, this is the first week in a while that he actually lost. You're right. Let me see here. He, so so Lane was four and three, and then he's uh, then he went to five and three, five and four, six and four, six and five, six and six. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think he went eight and six. I think he went eight and six, and Cinta went eleven and three. That's uh, I mean he still went over five hundred, but man, that was that's impressive stuff. So. We we never we know we know we usually try to reveal the results of the like when when Lane comes in. But as I started going through these picks, I was like, "Wow, Cinta the Auto just was was on fire picking the NFL games." I was so impressed. Good stuff by Cinta. 
Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, uh, in our first hour, we're going to talk a little baseball, and we've got baseball news, by the way, since Jay's going to be stopping by on our uh, Roto-Rooter hotline here in about 10 minutes. Ron Washington is back in baseball as manager of the Angels. That happened today. Other managerial moves with Craig Council going to the Cubs and uh, the Mets getting a new manager. we got to talk about that as well. Mendy is now a Met. Mendoza is their uh, new hire, so we'll, we'll talk about that. And free agency is now underway, and um, so interesting. There's a lot of a lot of good news, a lot of uh, good baseball news when we bring Jay Jaffe back to the show uh, coming up here in just a little bit, and then Lane will join us in our 5 o'clock hour. And before you know it, the season debut of UTEP basketball with... Keitha Adams and Joe Golding. How about that? Man, we've had so many editions of this radio show, Steve, on air. Uh, I think it started with UTEP basketball with Kevin Baker and Rodney Terry. Now we're here, uh, UTEP basketball with Kevin, or excuse me, yeah, Keith Adams. Yeah, you were going to say Kevin Baker. Yeah, I was already getting this wrong. Keith Adams and Joe Golding. I love it. How far we've come along. We have. We have. It's going to be uh, fantastic. So... Really excited about it. Looking forward to it, and uh, should be should be a lot of fun uh, when we have uh, those uh, those two coaches joining Taish uh, coming up in our six o'clock hour today. So, uh, as you might imagine, we're going to be busy. We've got UTEP basketball back tomorrow as well. Miners in action against a team from Oklahoma that I didn't even know existed. How about that? Uh, the Science and Arts Center, right? Um, I, yes. I'm not giving their full. I, I, I said this on Minor Talk. I refuse to say their full uh, college name. I, I, Why? I Do you refuse to. or you just don't know? No, it? I refuse it. I refuse to. I know the, I know the college name. Uh, I'm not going to say it, Steve. Do because, you know uh, the, where they're the, located? Oh, yeah. I do know where they're located. Where? And I, oh, Oklahoma. Where in Oklahoma? Uh, starts with a D. Nope. Starts with a C. Mm, no, and I don't know then. <laughs> I was probably thinking the mascot then, and I just assumed that was the the where it was. They're the by the way, it says here it's the University of Science and Arts of Oklahoma Drovers, the Drovers, and by the way, Chickasha. Oh, okay, okay. Chickasha, the Arts Oklahoma. and Science Center of Oklahoma. Okay, yeah. I got you in Chickasha, Oklahoma. All right, let's do it. The so, Drovers. They are. By the way, I'm looking at some of their sponsors. Chicken Express is sponsoring them. That is pretty solid. That's like, good. When you got meals. when you have um, a place like that, which apparently has is home of the legendary Express tenders and Chicken E Sweet Tea, you're in you're in business, man. You are in business out of Chicken Express. I just feel bad for some of, some of these uh, you know fans who have to think about it. You know they they've uh, committed to the science, they've committed to the arts, and uh, having to watch some men's basketball here on Thursday. So you know that's the that's the interesting part of all of this. Well, the thing is this: it, it, it's if it's a science and arts school, that means they're bright. Uh, they're going to be bright kids playing that's basketball, right. and chances are, uh, you know, if they're a pretty smart team like we know they they're going to be. That could always give uh, UTEP uh, a little uh, a little trouble. A little hey, trouble. they've won the NAIA Men's Basketball National Championship uh, in the 21st century. So there you go, uh, Drover Athletics. I was looking to see if Chicken if there's a Chicken Express in El Paso, but I don't think there is. That's a bummer. Um, I like uh, Symmetry Turf that they have as a sponsor as well. Yeah, Champion Sports Magic. Yeah, wow. they got some good people. Champion Sports Magic, really? Or it's just one is Sports Magic. They have another one called Champion. Oh, so okay, okay. I, I'm clicking on these and I'm I'm just seeing these for the first time. Uh, by the way, the closest Chicken Express I'll pass was in Midland. 
Okay, they Matt, do have make a trip. They do have Midland, and they're all over Texas. They just haven't come this far, uh, this far west. You know, if In and Out Burger is going to go to Albuquerque, why can't Chicken Express come to El Paso? Ooh, you opened up a can of worms, Steve. Uh, will you be making a trip, a, a day trip to Albuquerque at any point in, in 2024 to get In and Out? No, I mean it's in Tucson, so that's only four hours away. How much, I agree with you. How how much shorter is the Burke versus Tucson? Not much. It's no. what three and a half. Yeah, I mean what thirty? I'm saving thirty minutes. No. Yeah, I mean yeah. unless you wanted to. I mean, look, you you take your pick of Trader Joe's locations. You want to go uh, exactly. Trader Joe's in and out, and uh, you know in Albuquerque or Tucson, you just kind of make your decision. Truth is, yeah, exactly. There's no tra- we don't even have a Trader Joe's uh, you know anywhere closer than than Albuquerque. See, Albuquerque and Tucson are interesting. It really is. I still think it's a matter of time before In and Out comes to El Paso. We need I, it, man. I really do believe that. What so. would be your What would be your packing order? Trader Joe's, In and Out, H E B. Where Where are you going? I'm going Trader Joe's one. Yeah. Ooh, that is tough. I know because H E B is really you good know too. What? I'm going to go H E B over In and Out, and here's why. If I need In-N-Out and I go to Phoenix at least twice a year, I can always hit it on my way over there, right? It's like and, a treat. Right. Whereas H-E-B is so far away from here that that would probably be a better uh, better stop. Okay. Well, you How about you? Bu- uh, I'd, go, I'd, go trade, I'd go same order, exactly. Exact, exact same order. Um, I don't need In-N-Out. I'm good. I'm a Whataburger guy. There you go. You know what? I am too. I have settled into my – I've got a. I've got my Whataburger go-to's. And I'm happy. And by the way, I learned something this week, okay? You know, some people always say that, well, it's made to order, and you know, you got to wait a little while while you get your food. If you order on the app, you can essentially just order on the app in advance, pick it up, and you don't even have to wait. You just show up, the food's ready to go, and you're done. Just like that. Okay, now we're on the Whataburger subject, but I'm, I'm happy about this because I uh, am subject to being in long lines at Whataburger, and I found this out about a year ago, and I love it after f- football games, Steve, mm-hmm. because when's Whataburger the most packed? After a big event. And, 100%. And if you order on the app ahead, then they bring it to you curbside. It's like yes. perfect. It, it's the yes. best service ever. And then yes. you have it all loaded up, your favorite order, all that kind of stuff. And then you can get rewards I mean, there's yes. the rewards plan as part of that, too. So I just cashed in yeah. a honey butter chicken biscuit recently. Did you really? Yes, I did. Oh, you're in business, man. So, yeah, you're there. I mean, seriously. It's like, um, you know, the nowadays, and this is, this is a totally different subject, but nowadays, the apps are the way to go. They really are. Like, I mean, and it's not just food. Our radio station. How many times do we push on, on all of you the 600 ESPN El Paso app? And we're not just doing it to get app downloads. I mean, that's nice, but we're doing it so that if you listen to the radio show through your Bluetooth device or your Apple CarPlay, whatever it is, or your Android, uh, you know, the Android, uh, what is that called? Android, uh, uh, whatever it is. Um, anyway, you can uh, listen to the station like you're in the studio with us. That is the point. That is what we that's why we that's why we're telling you to listen to the app because the app gives you crystal clear sound. What is the uh, Android version of Apple CarPlay? Uh, is it just the Android store? It's just like as simple as that. That's yeah, it. Yeah, the Android Marketplace. Android maybe? Auto maybe? Uh possibly. possibly. I don't I, I don't I don't know. 
because I've got CarPlay. I've had, I've had, do you know I've had an, I've probably had an iPhone now for the last, it has to be at least like seven, eight years, if not longer, maybe nine years. So it's been so long since I had an, since I had an Android, they didn't even have those car devices like, like they do now back when I was having it. I didn't yeah, have gotta one. Yeah, got to get an iPhone, right? No, yeah. I'm telling you. So, all right. Um, let's take a call before we uh, go to Jay. We'll go to George, who's uh, joining us uh, here on the show. George, what's going on? Hey, George. I heard you talking about uh, uh, Trader Joe's HUV and In and Out. Well, yeah, I got I got one for you. I I'm I'm gonna go the opposite of you guys. I'm gonna go In and Out, Trader Joe's, and then HUV. All right, that's fair. Why. That's fair. Okay. Go ahead. Why? So I know. So I know we have a Waterburgers here, and everybody's up and, and great on them. But, but honestly, uh, every time I've had a Waterburger. Especially in the drive-thru, there doesn't seem to be a time where they don't mess up my order. Uh, I have not had that issue at In-N-Out, and it's actually my favorite meal to eat whenever I'm in Phoenix or San Antonio, Albuquerque, wherever there's an In-N-Out, I'm there. I'm there. So, so to answer your question about In-N-Out, uh, I don't think they would uh, bring one here unless they can bring the source of the meat. To make the patties yep. available. But if the source of the meat to make the patties are going to be in, in Albuquerque, why can't they come up with something that's going to make El Paso work? Right. And and so my uh, my my cousin's uh, husband is actually one of the franchise uh, upper echelon uh, guys and he says they're trying to make it work. That El Paso okay. is one of the next ones uh, up on the on the list, but uh, they're still talking about making it work. Well, hopefully they but can. Yeah, do that. They I, can I'm, do that. I'm all for Whataburger. I'm all for Whataburger, but In and Out is is just my go-to. All right, do me a favor. Do me a favor. Here's what I want you to do. Okay, when you hang up the phone with me, okay. download download the Whataburger app. The next time you order, order on the app. Pick it up. And tell me if the app makes the uh, the order process more accurate. I'm interested to know, because you said it messes up a lot. Try it on the app. Tell me if that changes things for you, and you find that the that the uh, orders are more accurate through the app. Got it. All right. Let me know how it goes, so George. I'm excited also for UTEP. You're also All excited right. for UTEP what? UTEP who? Oh, you going? You going to be there tomorrow night? Um, I'm looking forward to it. Good. And, uh, as as far as Monday too, I'm 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 there. Awesome, awesome. That Monday's going to be an amazing game. Monday, I can't wait. Appreciate you, George. Thanks for the call. Let me get Orly. Then we'll take the break at 17 past the hour. Orly, what's going on? You know the discussions of in and out. I'm not really impressed with In and Out. I've had them a couple of times. It it's okay. It's not anything special. If I would want to bring some restaurants, people that I think you talk to most people, people are looking at a Cheesecake Factory, aka also a Papa Goes. I would love to see them bring a Fogo de Chao. Personally, you know what? I don't know if Cheesecake Factory has nearly the appeal now that it has. 20 years ago. But, I mean, yeah, 20 years still, ago, Cheesecake Factory was a big deal. 
Nowadays, yeah. there's so many restaurants and so many uh, and, and so many good restaurants, both local and chain. I feel almost like I don't want to say the ship has sailed for Cheesecake Factory. Yeah. I just don't feel the appeal is there like it used to be. I think you'll get an in and out within time. You see, Albuquerque, El Paso will be next because of the regional. Uh, I would like to say Papa Do's, the, 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 the management group that owns it, the franchisee, does have permission for the El Paso location, what I understand. Um, if anybody's ever been to a Fogo de Chao, Albuquerque's got one now. Uh, they're great. They're a great Brazilian steakhouse. Them or Texas de Brazil is another one. Yep. I'm surprised El Paso's not gotten one of those yet. And or the I mean we got Landry's, but you get a you get a Papa Joe's. It's a step up and it's really good food. I'm not a big fan of Cheesecake Factory either, but I would like to see a Papa Joe's, a Fogo de Chow, something like that to come into El Paso. And that will be here before you know it. It's a matter of time. Appreciate the call, Orly. Thanks for the tip on that one. 19 pass. We'll get to Jay Jaffe, talk a little baseball and beer next. But first, let's go to Charlie One and get ourselves our first traffic update of the afternoon. You know, sometimes songs just brings back memories. I mean, the song came out in 1975. And it's so weird, folks. But, like, it's hard to explain. But, you know, I was born in Brooklyn, lived in... Long Island until I was five, and then we moved to El Paso. And as a kid, and I mean, I think my parents did this from when I was about a year and a half till till we moved. They had a radio in my room, and they always had it to WPLJ New York. Uh, it was which was a rock station back in the in the mid seventies. And like, I remember as a little little kid because I used to have the radio on all the time listening to this this kind of music. Like I remember when this song first came out, and I would have been two, two or three. But it's so strange that when like certain songs bring back memories, and it's like, this takes me back to when um, I was, you know, a couple years old. And that was, the, that was they, they did. They had the radio on, and they had a radio in my room. And I remember songs vividly, and, you know, one of these nights and that the beginning of that song from the Eagles is clear as day for me. So strange, isn't it? That, you know, before uh, the internet, before HDTV, before smartphones, before tablets, before everything, I had a little small radio in my room that essentially just played rock music all day when I was a kid. And songs like this bring those memories back to when I was uh, still living in New York. Man, that's a really cool story. And especially uh, the fact that it's like a radio tie-in and uh, the fact that it would just play continuously. Uh, that's a cool thing in itself. It's like background music all time, all the time. I've never asked my... I should ask my mom, because my dad's no longer with us, why they, they put a radio in my room as a kid and why I, they had WPLJ New York listening. Like, that's what I was listening to. But that's what they did. They were. I mean, my dad was in the class rock and he had he's you know had a record collection of all the latest stuff from the 70s and eagles were part of it so hotel nice. california all the eagles albums and yeah it's so interesting though that 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 song brings back those kind of memories jay jaffe with us right now to talk a little baseball and beer when you were a little kid jay growing up uh in salt lake did you uh did your parents do the same thing and and put a little radio in your room uh listening to rock music all afternoon and evening you know I think we discovered we had a we had a um, one of those like all in one stereo thing stereo 
sets that we got for Hanukkah one year. Uh, I want to say, you know, maybe when I was 10 or 11 years old, I remember, like, having a tape recorder that we would tape songs off the radio oh, yeah. that way. We would hold it up to the speaker and tape it that way. And this was, like, you know, 1981. Um, you know, it wasn't, it, you know, we had access to it. It wasn't It wasn't in our room. I think it was in our, our like, you know, our rec room, basically. Nice, nice. But, yeah, you can, you can relate to a little bit of that. Um, sure. Was it, was it rock for you growing up, or was it other kind of yeah, music? Yeah, it was like, it was like, yeah, it was. I mean, it was. It was originally like top forty, and then mm-hmm. kind of by the time I was thirteen, I was list. You know, I was listening to like the classic rock station, and yeah. you know, learning about the Beatles and the Stones and and and, and all that. Makes a lot of sense. Um, all right, let's talk a little baseball today. A lot of managerial news since we last spoke to you. Um, the Rangers took care of business. They won their first World Series, and we expected that the way that series was going. I think the last time we talked, they were on the verge of wrapping it up, which is exactly what they did. And uh, Ron Washington making uh, himself back in the news today, getting the opportunity to try to turn around the Angels. Uh, give me your reaction to when you heard Wash was coming back uh, to the bigs as a manager. Yeah, you know, I'm happy to see him get another an, another opportunity. He's been well regarded within the game uh, as a coach uh, with the Braves uh, in recent years, and and uh, had a lot of success in Texas. Uh, her, his lone managerial stint. Um, you know, it's good to see him get another chance. It's good to uh, see uh, a team hiring a minority manager because this game just is totally lacking in that area. Um, you know. Uh, that said, he is not stepping into one of the one of the plum jobs in the game. Uh, Angels gave up a lot in talent uh, in, to try to to try to get Shohei Otani to the playoffs, and 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 they they obviously uh, didn't get there. They have the worst farm system in all of baseball. They no longer have Shohei Otani. I'm not optimistic. Uh, they're going to they're going to bid competitively for him. Um, you know, it's a it's it's a, it's not a great situation in terms of the shape of that roster. Other than you know, hopefully having Mike Trout uh, uh, available again um, after he missed so much of the season due to injury. But um, you know, this is hopefully he gets he gets uh, a few years to to try to turn things around there, and and the Angels can accumulate some some good players and spend some money on the free agent market to try to rebuild that team. They need to. They really need to, for sure. And then, you know, you look at one of their uh, division rivals, which brings us to a great um, uh, message we have on X, formerly known as Twitter. And this comes from Noah, at the Noah underscore G. And he says, the longer the Astros take in hiring Espada makes me think that they're looking elsewhere. Is Buck Showalter in play for the Houston job now that Anaheim is taken, Jay? I haven't heard Showalter's name connected with the Astros. And I would be, I would be surprised um, if, uh, uh, if, he, if he does surface there. Um, you know the Astros. Despite, Dusty Baker was hired for a very specific reason, um, you know, to kind of deflect attention away from the sign stealing scandal, uh, and he did a great job of that. But I get the sense uh, that the Astros would would like somebody who's more of a uh, you know uh, an extension of the front office uh, and and maybe uh, uh, less of a personality. Um, you know, to, to to take over that job now and Buck Walter doesn't really fit that bill in the same way. I mean, you know, it's not to say he's not a very good manager, but he's a different type of manager and and he's got his own ideas and 
and uh, I, I'm not sure that they want somebody who's 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 got his own ideas in the same way. No, I agree with that. We're talking with uh, Jay Jaffe here on Sports Talk as we continue uh, with uh, the conversation. Uh, meanwhile, you know, you think about what has also happened in the last uh, you know 48 hours or so. But uh, Craig Council going to the Cubs and uh, replacing David Ross caught a lot of people off guard. Were you one of them? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, there was no, uh, there was no media coverage of the possibility that uh, um, that council was was talking to the Cubs because he was a free agent, and and you know the the Cubs didn't have to ask the Brewers for permission anymore. Um, you know, the the uh, uh, we knew he was interviewing with the Guardians. Uh, we knew he was interviewing with the Mets. Everybody, uh, myself included, thought uh, uh, that New York was the likely destination, but. Uh, um, you know, this obviously uh, it didn't turn out that way, and and I can understand why. Um, you know, I don't I don't think the Cubs are in as good a competitive situation unless you want to consider the landscape of their respective divisions. It's probably easier to win the Central right now than it is to win the East. Um, the Cubs aren't going to be as free spending as the Mets. Um, you know, Jed Hoyer's uh, is more of an unknown to council than. Uh, then David Stearns, the president, the, base, the respective presidents of baseball operations. But um, this is much closer to home for Council, who who is uh, um, a Milwaukee native who spent uh, much of his life in the Midwest. Um, it's, you know, it's a it's a it's a team with a with a great history and and uh, um, you know huge fan base and uh, uh, should be a, a lot bigger budget than he had in Milwaukee. Uh, you know, for players, even if it's not uh, uh, top, you know top in the league or whatever, and, and he wanted to also, uh, you know, raise the bar as far as managerial compensation. Uh, this is a carryover from his days as a, um, you know, as, as, a, as a member of the Players Union, and uh, he went out and got that, the highest salary of any manager since Joe Torre, and, uh, um, you know, baseball managers are, are considerably underpaid relative to uh, the head coaches and managers in, in other professional sports, so... Um, you know, he, he did his part in, in, in trying to uh, correct that. No doubt. More with Jay as we keep things moving. We'll get some more managerial reaction, plus a lot of good stories from Jay this week on the Dodgers offseason. We'll cover that as well after uh, we go to Adrian in this Sports Center update. Very much as we keep things moving right now with uh, Jay Jaffe from uh, Fangraphs.com here on the program. Uh, Mets, uh, they were looking at um, Craig Council. They thought with David Stearns that would be something they could uh, lock down. So instead they go to plan B, and that's Carlos Mendoza, who had been with the Yankees for the last 15 years. Um, you know, I've talked to people I know that were in the Yankee organization. They like Mendy a lot and uh, you know, think that he's uh, somebody that can handle the egos and also has good experience and a good personality for New York, having spent all those years with the Yanks. What do you know about Mendoza? Yeah, I know that basically he is, he is your classic, wow, how, how, how has this guy not gotten a job before? Um, because he's checked all the boxes, um, you know, in, 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 terms of, uh, in terms of his training. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, long-time minor league pay, pl- a player who, who transitioned into a, into a uh, major league coach, um, served uh, – uh, as as a uh, as as a as uh, Aaron Boone's right hand man um, was part of the uh, World uh, Team Venezuela World Baseball Classic uh, 
management. Um, he just he comes highly recommended from just about everybody, and and uh, um, you know I think he's I think he is going to be uh, a good fit for that team. Now that said, um, we've seen uh, the Mets uh, chew up and spit out. Uh, first-time managers in recent years, and Mickey Callaway and and Luis Rojas. Callaway, of course, had some other issues, uh, um, you know, related to his behavior that that were part of that. Um, but uh, uh, those managers have have not gotten a long leash. Now, granted, these were pre- this was the previous regime, not the Steve Cohen regime. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, um, you know, this is a this is a challenging job. There'll be a lot of money involved, but with a lot of spending comes a lot of expectations. So. Um, you know, I think that uh, uh, we're not going to really know until until Mendoza's here and uh, you know and 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 his team is playing uh, how how the Mets are going to fare. But uh, um, you know, and this is this does come at a point when they've said they're going to take a competitive step back. They're not going to be, or they've they've said they're not you know that they're less likely to be uh, spending big this winter after after that record-setting payroll. But they also do want to sign Shohei Otani. So we'll see how this unfolds. I'm with you on that one. So, yes, good storylines around uh, the bigs with free agency hitting. And I'm sure now there's going to be some other options out there. By the way, um, where's Milwaukee going to go now that they lost Craig Council? I don't know. Uh, that's, a good, that's a good question. Um I haven't th- I haven't thought about that myself. I've been buried in the buried in the Hall of Fame manager stuff uh, uh, the last couple days mm-hmm. and uh, watched watched all this stuff go by. You wrote about Lou Pinella. That was your latest uh, piece uh, from seven hours ago for the Contemporary Baseball Era Committee candidate. And uh, we've we've talked about Lou uh, when you were discussing the uh, committee and uh, who's on the ballot. I'm interested to get your Dodger takes, though, because you also wrote about uh, what's happening with the rotation. Now that Clayton Kershaw's surgery could keep him out for 2024, they declined Lance Lynn's option. So they re-signed Max Muncy, and yet uh, the Dodgers have a ton of question marks going into the offseason with their rotation. Yeah, the only uh, the only uh, starting pitcher that they're returning who threw more than 80 innings for them uh, is Bobby Miller, who was a rookie this past year. Mm-hmm. He's a high-ceiling uh, pitcher who, who looked uh, or who demonstrated that he was uh, uh, major league ready uh you know, this past year he didn't do well as a, in, his, in his division series start, but uh, there's a lot to like about him. I think you, you figure he and Walker Bueller, uh, who's back from Tommy John's surgery, uh, and Ryan Papio, uh, who missed most of the season due to uh, an oblique strain, but pitched well once he came back in September, uh, are probably going to fill three of those spots. But uh, we'll probably have some some workload uh, related uh, concerns in terms of. Uh, ramping up from from minimal innings totals in uh, this past year, um, the hope is that Kershaw will be able to pitch sometime in the summer. Um, that said, you know shoulder surgery is is there's just a wide range of of, uh, uh, of outcomes. It's not as predictable a rehab as as say Tommy John surgery. So, um, you know if the Dodgers do re-sign Kershaw, which it's, itself is not a given. Um, won't be able to contribute as 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 expected, uh, you know, un- until midseason. Now, beyond that, they're going to need to go out and find some innings. And they they turned down Lance Lynn's option um, because he uh, he didn't pitch very well after after the trade, with the exception of his first few starts. Um, 
they're going to have to dip into the free agent market. I think you know they'll probably look at Edwin Jackson. I mean uh, Edwin uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, whom they tried to resign. Mm-hmm. Um, or they try, sorry, they tried to trade for uh, during the the trade deadline, but he rebuffed them um, with his, with his no trade clause. Uh, they may look to somebody like Jordan Montgomery. They're certainly going to look at the at the at the Japanese uh, uh, options. Um, and uh, we'll see where they land here. They've got a lot of work to do uh, with that regard. Signing Munce, uh, Max Muncy was, I think, a, kind of a no-brainer. I mean, he was uh, he was already uh, had an option. Uh, they extended him at what looks to be a, a pretty below-market contract relative to his projected project production. So uh, that's that's one bit of business they took care of. But. Uh, uh, they still have some concerns elsewhere in the infield. You've been writing about Davey Johnson, Lou Pinella. I'm assuming over the next few weeks we'll get more uh, more of your essays on the Contemporary Baseball Era Committee candidates. Yeah, we've got uh, Jim Leland uh, lined up for probably for tomorrow, if not tomorrow, then Friday. Uh, that leaves one manager, Cito Gaston, and four other candidates on, on the uh, Era Committee ballot. Uh, I'm just kind of digging into that stuff because uh, – uh, I've got a move upcoming, and I'll be offline for several days here, living out of a hotel as we move uh, from our apartment to our house. Um, and uh, things are going to get a little hectic here for a little while, so I'm just kind of plugging away at uh, what looks to be a pretty pretty large uh, store of, of Hall of Fame coverage here. Congratulations on the home. I'm excited for you. How far from uh, your old address will you be? Uh, it's a couple miles away. It's a couple miles further south uh, towards the uh, southern end of, of uh, Prospect Park, and uh, we're pretty excited. Uh, starting to get some, you know, some commitments down in terms of booking the mover and uh, all that kind of fun stuff, and uh, uh, figuring out which hotel we're staying at. And I think we're still going to be spending one night on an air mattress here, right. so uh, in our new place. But uh, a lot to be excited about. Will you be near a, a subway line? Oh, yes. Oh, we would not dream of being anywhere but close to subway lines. Uh, um, not as many as we are here. I'm in, in downtown Brooklyn. We're, we're about two minutes away from, from every major subway line uh, in the city, uh, just about. Well, as long as you are near Three's Brewing a Delivery, that's all that matters. So that's the only thing. Yeah, I haven't asked them yet whether, they, whether they're coming to the new zip code, but I'm pretty sure they will. Good. Let's wrap it up. Beer Pick of the Week. What are we talking about, Jay? Okay, this was one I'd never tried before. Uh, is the uh, Community Beer Works Single Order. And uh, this is from Buffalo, New York. This was a hazy IPA. Um, I saw it at my, uh, uh, at my local grocery store. This comes in at 7% ABV. Um, not sure what the hops are of this year. I couldn't find out off, offhand beforehand, but this was a nice... Uh, medium-bodied, uh, hazy IPA that uh, um, I would definitely, I bought a four-pack, I would de- definitely buy again. Had some grapefruit notes, some tropical notes, um, you know, pretty pretty standard stuff. But it's nice to come across a new brewery, do it with a colorful package that uh, uh, I haven't tried and uh, uh, from elsewhere elsewhere in, in New York State and uh, good stuff. We are very close to community in Dallas. This is the community version in Buffalo. What was the name of the beer again? It's called um, Community Beer Works Single Order. Single. Oh, it's the Hazy IPA. I yeah. got you. All right. That looks. Uh, that does look nice. And uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, very nice can. Good for you. I'm very impressed. Hey, uh, again, continued uh, success on the move. Will you be able to join us next Wednesday, or will you be too tied up? 
I think we're probably going to be looking at uh, two weeks off here, actually. Got it. All right, listen, I'll give you some time. We'll check back in with you after the holidays, and we'll go from there. How's that sound? Okay, that sounds good. Awesome. He's uh, Jay Jaffe, folks, uh, joining us here from Fangraphs as we continue. Uh, More in a moment. Stay with us, folks. Sports Talk rolls along. 600 ESPN El Paso. Back here on Sports Talk. Nice jersey. Going to retro Steelers. I like that jersey. You know, some people think that's the Bumblebee jersey. I just think it's cool. It's like a throwback to the, whatever, 30s, 40s. Very nice. Uh, Good-looking jersey. Alberto here with us right now. Atta boy. Adrian, did you feel the earthquake today uh, at 3.27 in the morning? No, admittedly I didn't, Steve. Uh, I have two dogs who sleep with me. Uh, and, of course, obviously, I'm with my wife in our bed. And it, I, no one woke up. No one did. So everybody was fast asleep. Uh, my dogs will wake up for anything, literally anything. I've got chihuahuas, so they bark like crazy. Mm. And they did not wake us up. So here's did my, you feel it? So here's the deal. Um, I woke up because my wife woke up. She told me this morning she woke up because she felt the bed shaking and actually could feel... It almost, to her, felt like having the beds that are like the massage beds where all of a sudden it starts to vibrate on the mattress and things like that. So that's what it felt like to her, like like a massage bed. And the bed started shaking, so she got up. And then I woke up, but I don't recall the bed shaking. And then um, we both just went back to sleep. and And then this morning, when I heard about the earthquake... That's when I talked about it with her, and she said, oh, yeah, I, I mean, that's why I woke up. I felt, I, I felt the bed move. I was like, huh, I, did not, uh, I, I didn't realize that. And I'm usually really good about waking up. Like, if there's thunder, it'll wake me up. Like, I'm, I, you know, I, I feel like at times I can be a deep sleeper, but other times I just get right up. And I'm surprised that I slept through the earthquake, but I did. But uh, 5.2 is still 5.2. That's a pretty sizable earthquake. It is, and all the videos were pretty interesting around town, like the ring cameras at businesses that showed how the building was shaking a little bit uh, when it actually happened. So, yeah, it was interesting that El Paso uh, felt that before. That's what I woke up to. I woke up to a flurry of texts, uh, social media posts, all that kind of stuff about uh, the earthquake that happened here in the 915 today. Huh. Well, I did too, and, and the strange thing was they had some aftershocks. Like 20 minutes later, they were slight. They were like the 3.0, but there were two aftershocks in West Texas. Wow, that's really interesting in itself. Man, Mother Nature and this time of year, we just don't know what to expect, right? No, we don't. We sure don't. But, I mean, that's part of the, uh, you know, again, maybe maybe we'll start to see more of that. Steve Kaplowitz with you right now, and uh, it's that time once again. Time we bring back uh, Lane Frank, who is still recovering from getting destroyed last week in our head-to-head picks from none other than luchador superstar himself, Cinta de Oro, who was on fire. Lane, welcome back. I don't even know if it's you getting destroyed as much as it is Cinta was just having that magical run of picking games against you last week. Yeah, Cinta de Oro was firing on all cylinders last week, went 11-3 against me. That's only my second loss of the season, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you went eight and I had a six, record. so you still went over five hundred. It's just Cinta. You guys disagreed on on seven games, and Cinta won 
Uh, five of those. So that yeah. was a, that was the difference right there. Sintas on the top of the leaderboard for against me this year. He was, and uh, again, you know, you had a couple of picks that uh, that were good. Some of you guys, like you both missed on the Steelers against the Titans last week. That was one of those games that just kind of happened the way it Cowboys did. Eagles. He took yep. Eagles. I took Cowboys. He took Raiders. You took Giants. He took Texans. You took Bucks. I mean, you you got him on the Ravens game against the Seahawks, and then you also got him on the Chargers game against the Jets. But other than that, it was a rough, rough go. But, hey, welcome back. You're, you're looking good. You're all decked out. You got your schoolyard sports cap. We got Bernie Olivas back for a second day in a row picking games against you. And I like the fact that when you found out Bernie was here, you wanted to switch it up and go picking college games versus the pros. We never pick college on here, and I love to talk about college football way more than the NFL. So glad we're switching up this week. Well, well, if you'd love to talk college, you've got basically Mr. College, uh, Bernie, here anyway, because as you know, he's the executive director of the Sun Bowl, and uh, he is as in tune with the college football world, uh, thanks to that game, as anybody in the business. So I'm excited. It's a treat that we've got Bernie back a second day in a row, and he gets to join you here on Schoolyard Sports. Sure. Hopefully I can pick some good games in college football. Bernie, have you ever, uh, have you ever been on Schoolyard Sports before? No, I have not, but he has been on our Sunball watch before. Ah, uh, that's and, right. I and remember kicked that our last rear year. ends pretty, pretty, pretty handily. He drilled us last year pretty good. And you would think yeah, that I yeah. would know more about these college games, but at the same time, I can't get more than seven out of ten right any in any week this year. It's not easy, is it? It's not. No. Have you? Have you? Do you play the? Uh, yeah, I played every week. How do you do? I think the best week I've had this year was eight of ten. I was much better last year. Last year, I think the worst week I had was seven of ten. So. This year, not so great. I think I only won four games last week. Oh, really? Yeah, a lot of tough. crazy games. Pac-12's crazy been crazy this year. Yeah. It has been. It has been. Pac-12 and even the ACC at times has their their mm-hmm. share of upsets. Did you have Notre Dame last week? I did have Notre Dame last week. So I had the minus four. I thought that would be a blowout. That's what I'm saying. It's not as easy as it looks. It, it really isn't. But, uh, Bernie, what do you get, like four or 500 people playing that game? It's ridiculous how many people are playing on a weekly basis. Oh, it's about that many. And I, I love it. Like I said, everybody gets a chance to get two tickets to the Tony Tiger Sun Bowl, which is... I still think it's going to be a tremendous game this year because both conferences are playing very well this year. Let me ask, uh, I'm going to ask this question to Lane just because, you know, we've talked about this, Bernie, but I haven't heard this at all from Mr. Frank. Uh, who would you like to see this year in the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl if you could pick the matchup based on the affiliations and the standings and where everybody is right now? I think obviously the top picks would be Colorado and Clemson, but Colorado. Probably won't make a bowl game. Sitting at 4-5 and five right now. Really tough schedule for the rest of the way in the Pac-12. So they won't make a bowl game. Let's exclude them. Clemson, I think they're going to win a few more games. They're at 5-4 and four right now. I think they're kind of out of some maybe contention right now. Maybe a team like Arizona from the Pac-12 and then Duke from the ACC. That can be an exciting game. Uh, by the way, uh, your brothers go to Duke. So that, that would be fun for them to have them come back here. And, and Bernie, uh, Duke is having a terrific football season, aren't they? Oh, I think I'm, I'm right with, with Lane here. I think... Uh, Colorado would have been a fantastic pick. Uh, they're not even going to be bowl eligible. You know, they, that happened to them a few years ago when uh, Mr. Montes was the quarterback. Who already won the first five games and then lost their last seven. Didn't mean make, didn't make it to a, to a bowl game. And uh, uh, Clemson, I think, got out of. We had them before Saturday, yeah. but I think their win over Notre Dame uh, is going to move them up a little bit in the rankings. I could see that too, um, especially if they keep winning. That's 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 for sure. But you know what? Everybody's talked about Clemson. It would be fun to see Clemson here, wouldn't it? Definitely would be. I like Kate Klubnick a lot. 
I think so, too. So uh, that would be good. Uh, meanwhile, Michigan, 9-0. and They're undefeated. 6-0 and in the Big Ten. But controversy, Lane. Controversy. Sign-stealing. Shenanigans. All these things that uh, your future school is being accused of. What do we have to say about all the allegations against Michigan? Call it how you want it. This is against the NCAA. There should definitely be mics in the helmets, like there is in high school, like there is in the NFL. Why can't it be in college football? There's also evidence that other teams did this against Michigan. The other schools did it. Ohio State, Purdue, Rutgers, they did it against Michigan. A few things going on there. So, again, we can just cancel each other out. Michigan is still the best team in the country. They're the best physical-wise. They have a great, talented roster. J.J. McCarthy, one of the best players in college football. Jim Harbaugh, big coaching great this season. I think Michigan, despite all sign-stealing, whatever you want to call it, Number one team in the country. Are they the most hated team in the country now with all these new allegations that are out there? Oh, right now? Definitely. But it's Michigan versus everybody. It is. Michigan versus everybody. And you're on Team Michigan. I'm on Team Michigan. I just think it's a little bit disheartening as a fan because no matter what happens, you beat Ohio State, they're going to say, oh, it's an asterisk next to it. It's because you stole their signs. You win the national championship, same thing. That's the tough part of it all right now. Adrian, you've got a big smile on your face as you've well, been listening to Lane, so give me your thoughts on this. I think it's this. pretty interesting because we brought this up to Cade McConnell yesterday, quarterback of the UTEP Miners. He was all about embracing technology. He was thinking that we're talking about like the Stone Age right now of college football, basically knowing that there are high schools across the country who have he- uh, microphones in their helmets, and then at the NFL level where all these college athletes are trying to get to, they have microphones in their helmets for these quarterbacks uh, to call the plays. I feel like it'd be easier for everybody. Don't we want to just see nicer football instead of all these uh, false start penalties and stuff like that. At the same point, if rules are in place, rules are in place, right? Uh, And I wonder what's going to happen with Jim Harbaugh when it's all said and done. Lane, what would you think if he's not able to coach at some points for the rest of the season, knowing he's already had a suspension earlier this year? I think that would be outright ridiculous. And I think the thing that was brought up by Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti was that you suspend Harbaugh for the next two games against Penn State and Maryland, and he doesn't be able to coach the Ohio State game. But that would still crush Harbaugh because Michigan at all-time wins of 998 right now. You win that Penn State game, that's 999. If Harbaugh does not get to coach that 1,000th win from Michigan, I think that would crush him. I think that would crush the whole program a little bit. There's no reason for a Harbaugh suspension to happen right now. Like Santa Ono, Michigan president, said, due process matters. There's no evidence linking Harbaugh to any of this Connor Stallion's action. So why are we going against Michigan? Bernie, give me your thoughts on what uh, is happening right now because uh, you, you obviously talk to a lot of people. What's, what's the word around college football? Well, I'll tell you one thing, that there is going to be some experimentation with the technology in college bowl games this year. So really? So they are moving in that direction. And That's if, new. And if it works, uh, you'll see it in college football next week. Next year. Uh, next year. So, so next you're telling year. me that the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, will they be one of the games or will it be another bowl game? Do you don't, know? Don't know yet. So they don't know for sure, but there will be bowl games using the microphone technology like everybody else in football has. And the iPads on sidelines as yes. well. And the, you know, on, on the sidelines as well. It's Good. An, it's going to be an experiment to see, see if it works. It's about time getting I football out of see, Stone Ages. I can't see how it won't work. I agree. But uh, – but both schools have to agree to do it. All right. And, of course, there's, all, there's things about expenses, you know, expenses, uh, and how expensive, who's going to pay for it, that kind of, you know, those kind of items that are, that are up in the air. But I'm pre- pretty sure that they might be experimenting this year. I think if high schools can do it, why can't colleges? So. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with that. I think there's a good point to that. It does seem weird that high schools can do it and so can uh, NFL teams, but colleges have a problem with that. It's a little strange. Yeah. 
Um, episode 144, correct? Yep, episode 144 out right now. Tell me a little bit about episode 144, and then we're going to get back to Bernie. Episode 144 out tomorrow, college football, NBA, NFL, a little MLB for agency in there, and college basketball preview. Did you talk about Carlos Mendoza to the Mets? I did. Did you hear my take on that? I do. Well, I, I, I want to save that. Don't, I want people to save listen it. to your podcast and not just hear it on the show here. They don't have to check. I want them to check that out. Were you surprised that uh, Craig Council was uh, passed up the Mets to take the money to go to the Cubs? I was stunned. I think that's a little bit of a snake move, especially by him to go from the Brewers to the Cubs, division rival. It's a little bit messed up by the Cubs. Leaving David Ross kind of high and dry, the guy who won a World Series view, a guy who had you one game outside of a playoff spot this year, kind of whole Cubs organization, all of that, and they go out and get the rival guy. It's kind of like if Michigan went out and got Ryan Day as their head coach because Harbaugh had one bad season. That would never happen. That's true. So it was kind of a sneaky little... Uh, you don't see that in pro sports. No, you know, that doesn't leave a good taste in your mouth, does it? You see it? in college, not pro sports. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Um, all right, so 144, we're going to talk all about that. That'll be good. By the way, I've heard good things about Mendy. Um, I was talking to Butch Henry, who years ago was actually a minor league pitching coach in the Yankees organization, and he knew Carlos Mendoza pretty well and said that Mendy's a really good guy, loved him then. He's one of those baseball guys that he thinks is going to be able to handle New York and have a pretty good chance. He was with the Yankees for 15 years, so hopefully he'll get the job done with the Mets. Same thing was said about Luis Rojas. True. Good point. Speaking of baseball and speaking of the Yankees, guess who was sitting right behind me at the Duke game this last weekend? Aaron Boone. Really? Really? At the Duke game with his son. His son had a big uh, hoodie with a big old D in his chest. I'm not sure he's he goes to Duke, but got to say hello to him, got to meet him, took a picture nice. of him. Uh, yeah. Told me you're a big Yankee fan? Oh, of course I told him I was a big Yankee fan. That's good. They're all Yankee say, fans. Yeah. But yeah, that was that was kind of nice. He was, seemed to be a really, really nice guy. That's a good story. I like that. Yeah. That's a good story. Yeah. You know Aaron Boone had a kid who went to Duke. Is there I'm not now- sure he goes to Duke, but he was there okay. wearing, you know, maybe visiting, wearing a Duke, uh, wearing a Duke uh, 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 hoodie, so uh, we'll see. Aaron Boone has Duke ties. Is it, can we still say that right now your college uh, future is still uh, very much up in the air? I mean, I know you've kind of talked about Michigan on this show and how you're going to be going there, but would you still consider Duke, especially if things you know, don't end up well for Michigan? You know, I'm only a sophomore. A lot, of time, a lot of time to figure this out, so we'll see in three years. That's great. When, when is the true, like, recruiting starting for you, though? When will it begin? Like, senior year, junior year? Junior year. I mean, you've already visited. Junior year. Here's yeah. the thing, though. You've already visited these schools. Like, you know all about Michigan because you've gone there for years because your parents went there. Your brothers go to Duke. So, like, when I, was in, when I was a junior in high school, right, and I visited Texas for the first time, I'd never been there before. It was a really big deal walking around the campus, seeing everything, because I had never seen that before. And same thing at Arizona State when I went to ASU just to check that out, too, before I ultimately chose, uh, you know, to go to, 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 go to, to UT. So, for you, since you've already been to Duke— and you've already been to Michigan. Are there other schools you're going to even consider? Because otherwise, I almost feel like part of the fun with the college process is the whole visiting campuses, checking that out, and you've done that already. So what are we going to do to kind of make it fun for you as you get closer to college? There definitely are some other schools that are under consideration, maybe USC, Maybe Syracuse for sports broadcasting. Nice. I like that. Have you ever been to Syracuse? Never been to Syracuse. That you got to make the USC. trip for that. That would be fun. You ever been to USC? Never been to USC. Okay. So now we're talking. Bernie, we've got some options here for, uh, for Mr. Frank. Pretty good options. You know, and, you know the journalism uh, school, Missouri up the street, pretty good school, too. Got a lot of people out of Missouri that have been in the big leagues right now. That's true. That is I'm true. talking big leagues on the air, big leagues, not playing big leagues. 
No, that's a yeah, good point. That's that's exactly right. So there's a lot of yeah, a lot of good communication schools. You can't go wrong there. Yeah, for sure. All right. Have you ever been to Texas? Never been to Texas. What is wrong with you? Why, why would, would I go you, to UT? Why would you not even ch- why, why would I go? Listen to me. Okay. When is the next time Texas is playing a bit like a like you would be interested? Are they playing? Well, are they, they play hosting Michigan next year? But that's in Michigan. They, when are they hosting Michigan? In 2026. So I'll already be at Michigan. Then. Nah, no, nah, we can't do that. <laughs> when is Adrian? When is the next UTEP game against Texas? I think 2026. If I'm not mistaken, they don't play them in 25. I'm gonna I'm gonna double check on this. All right, listen. Here's what we need to do. We need to go together to Austin. All right, I got to show you around. Show you I'll show you. Well, we could do that. That's fine. We'll, Rodney Terry will host. Go see Rodney. You, you want to see that? That'll be good. Then we could take you around the campus. You could see the communications building a little bit. Check things out. In, in all fairness, you should see these. Cam- Your mom almost went there. You realize that, right? She was this close to going to Texas. And had she gone to Texas, you would not be here right now. So things have a way of working out for the best, don't they? We'll see it out. They do. See right? how it goes. Yeah, I, I think. All right, I'm going to take it. Hey, SEC uh, Texas versus UTEP in 2025, my friends. 25. We might have to go for the uh, UTEP Texas game. That'd be a good SEC. That'd be your senior year. Same matchup. Perfect time. Or, or maybe Mountain yeah, that's that's right. I like that. All yeah. right, that'll be. Yeah, what'd you say, Adrian? I said, or maybe Mountain West. How about yeah, that? What if it's Mountain West, West against SEC in 2025? Let's hope so. You never know. All right, when we come back. We're going to pick games. It's going to be Lane and Bernie one-on-one with college football. We'll do that right after Charlie One, who has this traffic update for us. Stephen, the El Paso Metroplex, quite a few trouble spots. I'm going to go to the freeway first, though. I-10 West at Reynolds. Back here on Sports Talk as we continue, it is our weekly chat with Lane Frank, the host of Schoolyard Sports here at our River Oaks property, Schoolyard Sports Studios. I do want to thank River Oaks Properties for bringing Lane to us and sponsoring our studios. Uh, And uh, 144 will drop tomorrow, folks. You have the opportunity to listen to Lane, talk college football, talk some basketball, uh, college and NBA or just NBA? College and NBA. Excellent. A little baseball as well, sprinkling some baseball, free agent thoughts. A little baseball, top five free agents in there. Very nice. It's a good show. I'm excited about that. Um, God, already, I kept, I was on, it just seems like it was yesterday. I was on 101. Now we're 144. Crazy. Can I make it to 200? You will you allow me, will you allow me to, to appear on all the 100 episodes? Like, you can be on you any know? episode. Thank you. I appreciate it. Let me know and I'll that's put you on. That's well, you know, it's, I appreciate that. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. All right. You guys ready to pick games? Here we go. The way we do this is uh, normally in the NFL, I give you the game, the line, and you guys to pick it straight up. But, Bernie, this is fun because we, we just did the uh, Chick-fil-A uh, Sun Bowl Pick'em Contest yesterday. But maybe what I'm going to do now is go with games that don't involve some of those ACC and Pac-12 teams, but in the top 25, so we can get your thoughts on all the other matchups. That'll be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Let's start with the game at 10 o'clock in the morning. It's number 3 Michigan visiting number 10 Penn State. Michigan's 9-0, and 6-0 and in the Big Ten. Penn State is 8-1, and 5-1 and in the Big Ten. It's uh, at Beaver Stadium in University Park. Bernie, we'll start with you. Michigan, four-and-a-half-point favorites on the road in Happy Valley. You know, I'm a big home, home team type of guy, mm-hmm. but not this time. Michigan's going to win this one. All right, Bernie says Michigan. What about what about you, Mister uh, Mister Wolverine? Smart man, smart man, smart pick right there. Let's go blue. Michigan over Penn State, kind of burying 
every naysayer right here. Ohio State played Penn State at home and only won by eight points. Michigan is going to destroy Penn State. Let me give you a fun fact right here about Michigan. A team has not been or not had a first and goal, second and goal, third and goal, or fourth and goal situation on this Michigan defense all year long. Michigan's starting defense only given up three touchdowns. They've scored four. This Michigan team is elite. They destroy Penn State on the road. How can you play nine games and only give up three touchdowns? Starting defense. On the starting defense. And also not face a first and goal, not been inside their own ten. That's ridiculous. You realize It's that, an that amazing is. defense. It's not sign stealing. That's not sign stealing at all. Okay. That's good football. Stop being in denial with the sign stealing. It's good football. Listen, I, it's great football. You can't Maybe. deny J.J. McCarthy throwing the ball 50 yards downfield. Oh, it's sign stealing. We can't deny that. Maybe they're doing. Maybe they great and they're stealing signs. Yeah, hey, how about the Astros? They what were great and they Michigan were signs, so it cancels, it cancels out. Listen, the Astros were great. They were stealing signs. Ohio State. in trash cans. Ohio State tried to steal Michigan signs last year. How'd that work out? 45-23. Go Blue. There you go. All right. Next up, number eight, Alabama visiting Kentucky. SEC battle here. Alabama's 8-1, 6-0 in the SEC. Kentucky is 6-3, 3-3 in the SEC. Lane, I'll start with you. It's in Lexington at Kroger Field and Alabama 11-point road favorites. This is an interesting game right here. Obviously, Kentucky at home, 6-3. and three. Alabama really figuring out what's working for them now. They're not that same team that almost lost to South Florida. Not that same team that lost to Texas, which I think is a game they would win right now, especially Malik Murphy at quarterback for Texas. But Alabama destroys Kentucky in this one. They find out what they needed to do. Jalen Murrow can play like a running back. They rushed him a bunch last game, kept the ball in his hands, no turnovers. Alabama gets the win. All right, Bernie, what do you think? You know, a lot of people don't know that Nick Saban coached in the Tony the Tiger Sumble. He was a head coach at Michigan State and came here and got beat that's, thir- 38 to nothing by Stanford. That's right. And he was one of the worst coaches I've ever had to deal with here at Sumble. But through the years, I've gotten to like him, and I think I love what he's doing. Alabama all the way. Why was Saban so tough to deal with when, when he was here that time? Because he's got he had tunnel vision. You know, I don't know if he looked at the bowl game for what it was, a reward for his players. He wasn't playing for a national championship. He was here, but he wouldn't let his players do a whole lot of things in El Paso, Mm. you know, to visit El Paso. It was football, 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 and that's all he cared about, winning, winning, winning. Did not get into the the bowl experience. Who was the head coach of Michigan State when they came and played USC? Was that George Perlis? George Perlis. Okay. Got a great story about him as well. Legendary coach. You know, when the teams when the teams arrive, they usually have a team meeting. And I go ahead and address the team, welcoming welcome them in, and then the coach gets up there. And I remember his first line the first day, he says, Tonight bed check is at eleven o'clock. And if you guys are in bed, I'm gonna send you home. I want all of you to go out on town, have a great time. I'll tell you when to, I'll tell you when to settle down. They wanted they beat the USC. What a great story that yeah. is. That was when Todd and, Marinovich was here. Yeah. He told him, he says, hey, I don't want you in bed. Go out there, have a good time. How do you like that story, Lane? It's kind of good coaching. That's fun. Yeah. Let That's the guys stay the loose. Part. That's good. All right, next up, we'll go more 10 o'clock games. This is a, a Texas Tech-Kansas Big 12 special. It's on FS1. Uh, Texas Tech is just 4-5 and five this year, 3-3 three and three in the Big 12. Kansas is 16th in the country, coming off that big win over Oklahoma. 7-2, and 4-2 and two in the Big 12. It's going to be in Lawrence at David Booth, Kansas Memorial Stadium. And Bernie, the Jayhawks, 3.5-point home favorites over Tech. I'm surprised they're only 3.5-point favorites. I'm going with Jayhawks. All right, Lane. Me too. It's a quick and easy one. I love what Lance Leipold has done at Kansas. Not a trap game. Kansas beats Texas Tech. 
Okay. Now we're going to do something that we don't usually do. We're going to talk about the American Football Conference because Tulane is in the top 25. They're 23rd at 8-1, and 5-0 and in the league. Tulsa, 3-6, and 1-4 and in the American. It's in New Orleans at uh, Yeoman Stadium. And, uh, Lane, this will be a layup for you. Tulane, 23-point favorites. It is a layup. I want to credit Tulane right here a little bit. Tulane, only one loss in the season. I think like one loss last season. Willie Fritz has done an amazing job here. Only lost in the season is in week three to Ole Miss on the road in a game that they were winning for most of that game. So it's two lane teams. So they win that game. They could honestly be in the playoff conversation. The Sid team, when that expanded playoff happens next year, they're going to be in that. Tulane gets a win. Okay. Before I get to the next game, I'm curious. Uh, we picked this in the uh, Sun Bowl watch yesterday, Arizona and Colorado. Um, our, we already have our picks recorded. Lane, do you think Arizona will beat Colorado, or do you see Dion getting the 5-5? Five and five? I think Colorado kind of struggling right now. Arizona's on fire. They're beating every team that destroyed UCLA on Saturday night. It's going to be a good game, but Arizona gets the win. All right, we're all in agreement there. That takes us to Baylor and Kansas State. The Baylor Bears having a disappointing season, just 3-6, and 2-4 and four in the Big 12, while K-State is 6-3, and 4-2 and two in the Big 12. They're ranked 25th in the country. Uh, it's in Manhattan and Kansas State, Bernie, 20-and-a-half-point favorites over the Bears. Yeah, just FYI, FYI, you never asked me for my pick in the Tulane-Tulsa game. Oh, I'm sorry. No, yes, I did. You, I did, you, you didn't ask me for the pick in the oh, Arizona-Colorado game. Well, I already have your pick in the Arizona-Colorado game from <laughs> yesterday. And you want to see something funny? I wrote you down already for the Tulane game without even asking you because I had a feeling I should have known the answer. <laughs> what did you pick in the Tulane-Tulsa game, Bernie? <laughs> Tulane, up All until right. then. And what did you pick in the Arizona-Colorado the, game? I picked Colorado. Oh, you Ooh. picked Colorado. I thought Adrian picked Colorado. Okay, no. So did I. I picked Colorado. Oh, I mean, all right. All right. They're good. And you know what? I'm going to tell you something. I think Arizona has a great chance of being here at Tony the Sumble when they're playing as Tony the Sumble Sumble game. And I think they're playing some great football. But I think everybody is starting mm. to back off on, you know, when Colorado won those first two games, everybody got really high for those, for Colorado. And now after, you know, they've fallen off, they've fallen off the, you know, the face of the earth. I last week. Yeah, you face did. Of, face of the earth. So did I. Face of the earth. And nobody is taking them serious anymore, and I think Colorado's going to come back and surprise somebody, and I think it's going to be this week. Especially it's a noon game, not a night game anymore. That's true. Are you picking Tulane over Tulsa, Bernie? Y- yes. Okay, I've got you down for that. Then who do you like in the K-State-Baylor game? K-State. All right. What about you, Lane? K-State. K-State should definitely win that game versus Texas last week. They had a chance. They missed a uh, really close field goal. Then they got the ball back, made a good field goal. Then they got to first and goal, went four straight plays, didn't score a touchdown. That's correct. Texas' defense. But you could have kicked the field goal right there, tied the game, gone double overtime. I don't get why they didn't do that. It's ruining your chances at winning another Big 12 championship, just like last year. K-State, though, do rebound. They get a win. All right. Approaching the bottom of the hour. More picks coming up with Lane and Bernie. But first, right back to Adrian with this Center update. Much. All right. By the way, apparently uh, uh, Sister Jean is attending the Loyola game at the Barstool Invitational. Is that Sister Jean like 101 or 102 years old and she's, she's going to games? That's pretty impressive. That's right. Yeah. Shout out to Sister Jean. Shout out to college basketball back. That's a oh. Lane Frank sport right there. Sister Jean is 104 years old. That That's is great. amazing. She's never going to. Spirit of Sister Jean, loyal Chicago. She's going to stay with them until they win a national championship. She's going to stay with them until they win a national championship. I think so too. I don't think Sister Jean I don't is think ever. they will, but. Never know. I don't think she's ever leaving. I don't. It's uh, it's pretty remarkable. All right, here we go, guys. We're back to games. Um, do you want to still pick ACC and Pac-12 games, or should we pick SEC, Big 12, Big 10? What do you want to do? Want to pick them all? 
Pick them all. Miami, Florida State. We picked that last week or yesterday. Miami six and three, two and three in the ACC. FSU is nine and zero, seven and zero in the ACC. It's in uh, Tallahassee at Doe Campbell Stadium. Lane, FSU, fourteen point favorites at home. Miami has lost some ridiculous games this year. You look back to that Georgia Tech game. You look back to last week's game versus North Carolina State. Two games they should not have lost. They don't win this one right here. Even though it's a heated rivalry, Florida State's just the better team. Let's go FSU. Mike Norvell has done a great job. Bernie, did you pick uh, Miami this way or did you pick FSU? I picked FSU. FSU's got a lot to play for. They got the rank fourth. They want to stay there. They will play hard. All right. What about this big one? Utah and Washington, 130 on Fox. Uh, Bernie, Utah, 18th in the country, 7-2, and 4-2 and two in the pack. Washington's undefeated, 9-0, and 6-0 oh, and oh in the pack. They are 9.5-point home favorites. For the same reason that Florida State is playing for something, so is, so is Washington. And I love Coach Willingham with Utah, but the Huskies... And this one at home. All right. What about you, Lane? Upset tonight or upset on Saturday or no? I think Utah can slow down this Washington offense really well. We've seen some teams do that this year, say Arizona State, they were able to slow down this Washington offense. Utah can do that too, but Washington, their defense, they're going to play well in this one if they haven't the past few weeks. Let's go Washington. Like Bernie said, it's something to play for. One of my favorite games this week is Tennessee and Missouri. Should be a great SEC showdown. They're both 7-2. and two. They're both 3-2 and two in the SEC. It's going to be in Columbia. Tennessee's 13th. Missouri's 14th. Tennessee, a one-point road favorite, Lane. Missouri's one of my favorite stories in college football. I really hope they can make it into your sixth bowl game if they go 10-2. So let's pick Missouri right here. I watched this game last year. It was close for about three quarters. Then Tennessee took over, won that game 60-24 to after it was 28-24 at one point. But Missouri gets the win over Tennessee at home. Bernie. Honestly, I don't know much of, of, about either of these two teams, but they're 7-2 and two and 3-2 and two in conference. So I'm going with the home team. I am going with the Mizzou Tigers. All right. Next up, we've got Oklahoma State visiting UCF. Oklahoma State's fifteenth in the country. They're seven and two, five and one in the Big Twelve. Central Florida is just four and five, one and five in the Big Twelve since moving over there. It's in Orlando at FBC Mortgage Stadium. Oklahoma State, Bernie, two and a half point road favorites. A lot of people don't know this. Mike Gundy was a starting quarterback for Oklahoma State in the nineteen eighty eight Sun Bowl yes, versus West Virginia. That's right. Also on that team was Barry Sanders, Thurman Thomas. I like Oklahoma State, and I'm picking them over UCF. All right, Lane. Oklahoma State, two losses on the season, one really bad loss, South Alabama. People after that game were saying, Mike Gundy, this could be his last year at Oklahoma State with the Pokes. Gets a great win last week, kind of solidifies that rivalry, even though Oklahoma has that big lead over them. He wins that last game of that rivalry. So that's big for them right there over Oklahoma. Win last week. They're fighting for a Big 12 championship. Oklahoma State, Alan Bowman, Ollie Gordon, looking like a great duo, a quarterback and running back. Back to the Big Ten. Number 22, Iowa hosting Rutgers. Rutgers is 6-3, and 3-3 three, three and three in the conference. Iowa 7-2, and 4-2 and two in the league. Iowa's a one-and-a-half-point favorite at Iowa City hosting this one. Rutgers should have won last week, and I fully mean that. They had a 9-7 to seven lead. Was it 9-7? to seven? I think they had 9-7 to seven lead at halftime. But all three of those field goals, they were in the red zone, should have scored touchdowns there. Then they had a lead in the second half, 9-7. to seven. They go down to the Ohio State 15-yard line. Then they throw a pick six. That's a whole different swing. Could have been Rutgers 16-7, Stats Ohio State 14-9. But Rutgers bounces back. They get a win over Iowa. Iowa is the most ridiculous football team that we've ever seen. They'd throw it for 38 yards a game. They have a great defense, terrible offense. That's why they win every week. But let's go Rutgers. Bernie, your thoughts. Iowa, Rutgers. I like Iowa. I like Kirk Ferenc. I like what he does. Rutgers should have won a lot more games than they have. 
I'm going with I'm going with the Hawkeyes. All right. We'll keep things moving with the Oregon State and Stanford. Uh, this one should be an easy one, a layup. Uh, Oregon State seven and two, four and two in the pack. Stanford's three and six, two and five in the pack in Corvallis at Research Stadium. Oregon State a three touchdown favorite, Bernie. I think there's a lock of the week. <laughs> Oregon State. You know, Oregon State does have a chance to be here as well. Depending on what happens in you know in in, in the championship game, the Pac-12 championship game, but it's possible for them to come. I would love to have the Beavers back here again. They're a great team, great school, and I'm taking the Beavers over Stanford. All right, what about you, Lane? And maybe if the Beavers come here and Jonathan Smith won't be here, could be at Michigan State. Their head coach by then, but uh, Oregon State. I don't call us a lock right here just because Stanford did beat Washington State last week, a team Oregon State lost to. Stanford, some few good wins on the season. They're still building up there. Let's go Oregon State over Stanford. Talk about another big game. Number nine, Ole Miss visiting Georgia. Georgia's number two in the country, nine and zero, six and zero in the SEC. Ole Miss is eight and one, five and one in the SEC. It's in Athens, and uh, Georgia, a ten and a half point home favorite over Ole Miss. This is my biggest upset pick of the week. It's not even. It's really a massive upset pick. You could call it one of the biggest we've seen in years in college football. Even though it's still a top ten matchup, Georgia. Losing at home to Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin needs a signature win at Ole Miss. He has these few good seasons, few good wins. He needs a signature win. You want a signature win, you get after Carson Beck. You get after Georgia's offense. Ole Miss, Jackson Dart, Quinshawn Junkets. This defense is good enough to get a win. Like I said, they have good wins in the season. They beat Tulane. They barely lost Alabama. They beat LSU. I like Ole Miss over Georgia. What do you think, Bernie? Upset City or no? Another former Zumbolk head coach in Lane Kiffin at, at Ole Miss. But I think Georgia's the best team in the country. I'm going with I'm going with Georgia. Okay. Will it be a close one, Bernie? What do you think? Of course, it will be a close. I mean, Ole Miss yeah. is no pushover, but I just think Georgia's the I, I think Georgia's the best team in the country. What do we say about Oklahoma and West Virginia? That's a Big Twelve game coming up, five o'clock on Fox. OU is seven and two, four and two in the Big Twelve. West Virginia is six and three, four and two in the Big Twelve. It's in Norman at Memorial Stadium. Bernie, Oklahoma Sooners, thirteen point favorites. Yeah, they'll bounce back. I think they will bounce back against West Virginia. They're six and three. Oklahoma, they got to get themselves off the mat, and I think they will. I'm going with I'm going with the Sooners. All right. What about you, Lane? West Virginia, a sneaky. Six and three, but they don't win this one. Let's go Oklahoma. They bounce back. Ohio State's hosting Michigan State. Uh, let's see if Lane picks the upset here. Ohio State's nine and zero, six and zero in the Big Ten. Michigan State's three and six, one and five in the Big Ten. It's in Columbus at Ohio Stadium. OSU, the biggest spread of the week, thirty-one and a half point favorites. Lane. Michigan State is the biggest pushover in the Big Ten. They haven't won many games since Mel Tucker left, so it's a really easy win for Ohio State. So you need to destroy them in this game. You are the number one team in the country. Rank-wise, show it. Michigan was able to beat Michigan State 49-0. Penn State would be able to blow up Michigan State. Other teams have been able to destroy Michigan State. If you're the number one team in the country, why can't you do the same? I'm going to pick Ohio State, but this is an interesting one to watch. Let's see how Ohio State does. If it's a close game, that's ridiculous for the number one team in the country. If it's a close game, they're going to fall number two. They're not they better. They should have fallen number two this week. What do you think, Bernie? Ohio State's ranked number one, but I don't think they're the best team in the country. I still think Georgia's the best team in the country. And I think Ohio's number three in the country, but I still think they're going to take care of the Spartans really easily. Okay. Upset possibly brewing in Fort Worth at uh, Amon G. Carter Stadium. Let's find out. The Texas Longhorns are 8-1, and 5-1 and one in the Big 12. TCU is 4-5, and 2-4 and four in the Big 12. TCU hosting Texas and uh, the Longhorns, Bernie, 10-point favorites. They'll win. Meaning Longhorns. Longhorns will win. All right. Uh, Lane. This is TCU's Super Bowl other year. You know, they had a really good season last year, making the national championship game. Now this year, 4-5, and 5-1 five, 
fighting for a bowl game. You have to win these games, either Texas or Oklahoma. You have to win one of those to be bowl eligible. They don't win right here, but Malik Murphy, get your act together. Go up 27-7 last week. Then you get four straight turnovers. Can't happen. Texas wins, but it's going to be close. All right, so you're going Texas, but uh, in a close game. All right, we've got you there. What about Florida and LSU? In this one, Florida is five and four, three and three in the SEC. LSU is nineteenth in the country, six and three, four and two in the SEC. Lane LSU thirteen and a half point favorites uh, in Baton Rouge. Gosh, this LSU team is so great, but it's just tough that they're six and three. They're playoff caliber. You put them against Florida State right now, you might just win that game. But you know, lost them week one, then you get that really bad loss to. Ole Miss, they lose to Alabama last week, getting up 28 unanswered after you go up 28-21 to in the third quarter. This is a good team. Jane Daniels, I'm going to think of him as one of the biggest wasted talents we've ever seen in college football after what we saw him do at Arizona State, after what we've seen him do these past years at LSU. LSU gets a win. Just sad to see how this season's gone for them. All right, what about you, Bernie? Another former head coach that coached in the Tony, the Tiger Bowl in uh, Brian Kelly, and I'm going to stick with Brian Kelly and the LSU Tigers. Okay, two games to go, and then Bernie will let you get out of here because I know you got another uh, appointment coming up here in a second uh, with uh, James King of our pal at uh, KDBC Television. So that'll be coming up here at the 10 o'clock news tonight. Bernie making a nice TV appearance to talk some Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Number 24, North Carolina is hosting Duke. The Blue Devils, 6-3, and 3-2 three. Three and two in the ACC. UNC, 7-2, and 3-2 two. and two in the ACC. Bernie, North Carolina, 14.5-point home favorites. It's funny. I got to see both of those teams play this last weekend. Uh, both winners. Of course, North Carolina struggled early against uh, Campbell and then just pulled it off. They were a 43-point favorite, and it was 7-7 at the end of the first quarter, but they co- they still covered. I'm going with North Carolina against Duke. Duke, uh, you know, they played a great... Duke, I think Drake May is an amazing college football quarterback. This Duke defense is really good. Top five defense in college football, arguably. Drake May, really good, and this North Carolina team should be 9-0. Instead, they have two really bad losses to Virginia and Georgia Tech, two of the worst teams in the ACC, but Duke over North Carolina. Final one, USC and Oregon. That'll be the late game on Fox, 8.30. That gets going from Eugene. Oregon's 8-1, 5-1 in the Pac-12. They're ranked sixth in the country. USC is out of the top 25, 7-3, 5-2 in the Pac-12. Uh, Lane, Oregon, 15-point favorites at home. This USC offense is top-notch, and then this defense looks like a bunch of trash defense that you could find a football, high school football game, whatever it might be, a peewee football game. That's what this defense looks like for USC. Even though they fired Alex Grinch, they have a new defense coordinator there right now for Michigan defense line coach Sean Nua. He'll be their defense coordinator in this one. Not going to win this one. Oregon, Bo Nix, they have a lot to play for. Bernie? USC has the, the, the current Heisman Trophy winner playing for them. They do. But Oregon's got Bo Nix. <laughs> I'm going with Bo Nix. I'm going with the Ducks. All right. That was fun, guys. Good job on this. So the two of you disagreed on the Duke-North Carolina game. The Arizona-Colorado game, the Rutgers-Iowa game, and the Ole Miss-Georgia game. Other than that, uh, you're all in agreement. So, uh, Do we need a tiebreaker? Let me see here. Hang on. One, two, three, four. We do. All right, let's go tiebreaker. Give me total points in the Michigan-Penn State game, just because I know how much you love Michigan. The over-under is 44.5. 42, Michigan 35, Penn State 7. 42 for Lane. All right. What about you, Bernie? 56. All right. Bernie, I've got you guys down. Good luck, both of you. And Lane, stick around. We'll wrap up this segment with you next, okay? This Perfect. is fun. Thank you very much for having me. Thank this you. This great. Good job, Bernie. All right. We'll come back, finish things up, get ready for John Teicher next. The Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso.